Ramadan Running. Hello, I'm Lou Taylor Mohammed, and welcome to Fast Enough Ramadan Running, brought to you by Sports Direct, a podcast all about running during the month of Ramadan. Over this series, I'm going to be speaking to four members of the Muslim community about what it's like maintaining their fitness schedule whilst fasting and getting some top tips on how to ensure we're all looking after our minds and bodies over this month. This podcast is the perfect soundtrack if you're just setting out on an early evening run or heading to the gym. So as the sun goes down, lace those trainers up. Fast enough, Ramadan running. On this episode, you're going to hear from Haroon Motor. If the thought of ever going to the gym during Ramadan fills you with dread, then prepare to be inspired by Haroon, who is a top-level marathon runner who has to keep his training and fitness levels up during this month. I'll be asking him for some tips on that during this podcast, along with finding out a bit more about his amazing charity work. Haroon, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Do you actually continue your marathon training during Ramadan? This is a time where you're supposed to be, or you are, fasting. Do you ease off? I do carry on running, I carry on training, but perhaps not marathon training. So okay. it is a time of the year where I actually do slow down and start taking things easy. I try to remain consistent, but very much from the onset, I do reduce my goals for the month of Ramadan. And it's important to be sensible in that way. Absolutely, absolutely. So you're not doing the full 26.2 <laughs> during Ramadan? Uh, definitely not this year. Okay. <laughs> However, <laughs> London Marathon returns to April next year. So it will clash with Ramadan. And uh, just a few days ago, I was awarded the Spirit of London Marathon Award, which guarantees me entry in the London Marathon for life. Congratulations. <laughs> so, um, I can't waste my first entry on the excuse of fasting. So I might do my first ever fasted marathon uh, next April. Let, look, let me just say this. You absolutely have an excuse if you don't want to <laughs> run that, but I commend you for um, committing to that. That's wonderful. And let's talk about London real quick because we have a bit of a, a shared experience. You mentioned that you did your first marathon in 2012 and I did my first Olympics in 2012, both in London. I'm actually going to give you a bit more credit. Your event looks a bit harder than mine. <laughs> All I have to do is kick people in the head. You have to run for 26 and a bit miles. Talk about that first marathon. What was that experience like? What was the build up like? And did you get the bug after doing that first one? So I signed up in the spirit of the Olympics. Mm. And it was genuinely going to be a one-off experience. And purely for fundraising, I was fundraising for Teenage Cancer Trust. Wow. I'd done a lot of fundraising before through mountaineering. I hated running. I mean, why would anyone run 26 miles like you say? <laughs> it's a long way. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, you know, I underestimated what it requires, both mentally and physically, to complete 26.2 miles. Back then, I was still fit from my martial arts. I was still fit from playing football. So I thought, thought how hard could it be? I mean, it was 10 years ago. I was a lot younger then. Uh, I got to mile 18 and it was tough. Wow. <laughs> and the, 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 the last eight miles of that marathon were pain and agony. And I was questioning myself, what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? Mm. Uh, I was very demoralized because I didn't see my family on the route. They were supposed to be supporting me. This is it, like never again. I had so much cramp. And you know when you're getting cramp in your quads and you're trying to relieve it and then you get cramp in your hamstrings oh. and then you grow in one of them awful experiences. Um, however, um, I finished the race uh, with a smile. Uh, but again, I told myself never again. Mm. <laughs> um, but the reason why I ran again was sadly I lost my father in a car accident 
the year afterwards and it turned my life upside down and I started running again just to deal with the grief at the time. Uh, it was my therapy. And then I decided to keep the running shoes, shoes on just to run for good causes in his memory. Mm. Uh, so that, that was me getting the, the marathon bug. Mm. So I've done 16 full marathons now. That includes seven London marathons in the last 10 years. Wow. And many, many half marathons as well. And I want to carry on going. I want to run the six world major marathons. That's my goal. Mm. And uh, yeah, champion diversity in running and in the outdoors and encourage more ethnic minorities to get outside and do things like this. Oh, absolutely fantastic. And I think it's a wonderful thing you're doing for an amazing cause uh, as well. I want to talk about Ramadan. From a religious point of view, what does this month mean to you? Ramadan for me is a time to reflect to connect with my faith. Yes. Uh, you know, to really contemplate and really count my blessings. Often we think Ramadan is all about being hungry and thirsty, but it is <laughs> so much more. Obviously, yes, you know, we, re we remember Ramadan for abstaining from food and drink, mm. but we're also abstaining from sin. We're also praying more, worshipping more, giving more charity. Um, so it's important for me, my family, to you know, observe faith to its full capacity in that time and try to make every day of Ramadan count, yes. try to make every second of it count. And we're always guilty of being distracted through the entire year, but in this one month, try to make every moment count. So we're going to the mosque more, making an extra effort mm. and uh, for me, it's an important time to make sure that I carry on staying healthy as well. So it sounds to me where as a lot of people, Muslims and non-Muslims, see Ramadan as this great challenge. And in some ways it is, of course. You mentioned the abstaining from the food and the drink. But it sounds to me that you're very tapped into the benefits that you receive from the month of Ramadan and you enjoy, um, you know, the charity and um, I guess the more spiritual aspects. Do you finish Ramadan and feel like, wow, I, I, I learned a lot about myself, my faith and my community? If you go through 30 days of Ramadan and you feel the same as you did on day one, then yes. perhaps it hasn't been the best Ramadan for you. Mm. Um, so it's so important to, you know, make every day count and whether you get a spiritual benefit, a physical benefit, a social benefit, there's so much that you can get outside of Ramadan. I absolutely love the community spirit, for example, you know, uh, where the mosques are flooded with people. Yes. When you break your iftar meals, you know, having that communal experience, either at a community iftar or at a charity iftar dinner, or with your family at home, with friends. And we've missed that over the last couple of years mm. due to the pandemic. Yes. Um, so no restrictions this time, we're going to be feasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. And I heard a thing. You did four marathons in three months. Did I hear right? I did four marathons in the space of about six weeks. Wow. <laughs> that is, okay. We're just talking about challenges. Is that the biggest challenge you've ever had physically doing that? Because that must have taken quite a toll on your body, mentally as well. I think the hardest thing is actually training for the marathons. Mm. People often think that running the marathons themselves are tough. Yes, they're tough. But going through, 
you know, a 16-week training program where every single day you're having to discipline yourself in terms of sleep, food, training. And sometimes the biggest challenge is balancing full-time work, family life, children, wife, mm. uh, and then training. Yes. Um, so the hard work is done putting them hundreds of miles or sometimes thousands of miles into training to get you to race day. Um, the four marathons I ran towards the end of last year, that was my mission to run in 2020, but COVID prevented that. So it was a struggle to train for marathons that eventually got canceled and then trying to stay motivated. Mm. But finally last year, the marathons I pledged to run were completed, although it meant I didn't get to Chicago and New York because of travel restrictions, but I ran Manchester and Istanbul on the same days instead. So I think sometimes just staying motivated mentally is, is, is an incredible challenge. But in terms of things I've accomplished, you know, running four marathons in very little time, uh, you know, through, through the pandemic, I think that was probably some of the, or one of the most difficult things I've done. You mentioned the mental aspect there and just being able to keep going. What are some pro tips? How do you keep motivated? How do you stay mentally strong? Because you mentioned mile 18. Hmm. I think for me about mile <laughs> two, I'd be like, okay, yeah. <laughs> where's that motivation coming in? So how did you do it? I think firstly, it's important to understand that staying motivated is difficult. Sometimes people see me on my social media and they think, oh, Haroon, how are you always so motivated? Mm -hmm. How are you running every single day? I have my struggles like every other human being and every athlete will know that. Yes. And it might look pretty on the outside, <laughs> but there are demons inside that tell you not to go out for a run. There are demons that say, you know what, it's raining outside, just give it a miss today. That's normal. Yes. But I think everyone needs to have a why and I've got goals, not just one goal, I'm always setting myself goals and it's so important to draw in, you know, what you want to achieve. Uh, for me, you know, whether that's pushing myself out of my comfort zone, physically and mentally, you know, challenging stereotypes and wanting to be an example to the many people out there that anyone can do it. Mm. Ten years ago, I wasn't a marathon runner, but now, you know, I've got a Spirit of London Marathon Award, for example. Wow. That, that means something and I'm hoping that will inspire people. And for me, you know, creating change and inspiring people is, is important. So for me, I can't be lazy. People look up to me and people want to take inspiration from me. So I have to get out there and run. And secondly, over the years, I've combined so many of my marathon endeavors mm -hmm. with charity and fundraising. Mm -hmm. So when you commit to a fundraising goal, I guess you're accountable, not just to yourself, but you're accountable to people who are donating and sponsoring your efforts. And then the beneficiaries, if you're fundraising for a humanitarian cause, and I'm often fundraising and, you know, people are, are out there, you know, struggling for their lives. And yes. if you're running, your miles become so much more meaningful. Mm. It becomes more than just about you. So when you're struggling and thinking, ah, oh, do I really want to get out for a run? Do I have to wake up at 6 a.m. and be out the door for a 10 mile run? It's like, yes, I do, because I've got reason to run. Mm. So for me, I've got many different reasons. And for myself, of course, my father is a huge inspiration having lost him mm. and I always run in his memory. So. Mm. All of these reasons really drive me, but always important to remember that I do have my down days and that is normal. Yeah, yeah. Now I think that's so important that you mentioned that because there are days where even the most positive person or the most motivated person is going to feel down because that's normal. And I feel like having something to tap into, whether it's the uh, charity or humanitarian cause that you committed to, whether it's you know, a loved one memory, 
I think having that perspective, something bigger than yourself. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And the, <laughs> the other reason why I stay motivated because uh, I just love my food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I want to eat, I have to run. And okay, to it out, yeah. okay. Hey, I'm the same way, brother. But we're, we're, we're going to get to the food in a bit. But Haroon, you mentioned your normal training schedule, getting up at 6 a.m., uh, putting the miles in. How does that change during the month of Ramadan? And do you have anything to say to Muslims who want to keep their fitness up during this month, but they also want to do it safely? Um, no dehydration or anything like that. Do you have any tips that you picked up over the years that can help, that's helped yourself and that you think could help other Muslims during this month? Firstly, I think exercise is very individualized. Mm. So everyone has to look within and see what works for them. Yes. What works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another, whether that's down to ability, whether it's goals, or whether it's somebody's uh, own work or family commitments. For me, I like to exercise later on in the day. And some might question, why would you run later in the day when you're more hungry, more thirsty, more weak? Perhaps you could go out early in the day just after breakfast so you're stronger. Um, however, if I was to run earlier in the day, it means going through the entire day without being able to refuel, rehydrate and energize. Uh, and perhaps you feel tired for the majority of the day. Oh, yes. So I like to get out perhaps around 7, 8 p.m., depending on what time sunset is. Uh, do a one hour run before the iftar meal. Uh, that means that I can finish my run, get in the house very much on the cusp of sunset. And within minutes, I can take on fuel and hydration very much immediately. Mm. That works for me. Uh, but the key message here is doing what works for you. And perhaps even experiment, try exercising in the night, which means that you're actually not fasting whilst exercise. I think that's a great tip. <laughs> no, I think that's a yeah. great tip. No, because sometimes um, it may seem obvious, but yeah. this is new to a lot of people trying to balance exercise while they're fasting. Mm. People naturally think that if you exercise in Ramadan, you do it whilst fasting. No, yes, yes you've got you know, a small window of time between sunset and pre-dawn, but you can exercise in that time if it works for you. Um, but it's important to be very realistic from the onset and just set up your goals. Some people are thinking, you know, I've been working all, on all of these gains since the new year and now I'm going to lose it. You won't lose too much fitness in a month if you maintain some low level intensity exercise. Mm. So that's the key message. Just slow down, take it easy and allow your body to have a break. Sometimes rest is something that we forget to give our bodies, but yes. in order for them to be nourished, replenished, and to get stronger, you've got to rest your body. And sometimes Ramadan is a perfect time to allow your body to do that. And I always try where possible to focus on other aspects of fitness, which mm. generally tend to get neglected for runners or other athletes. And, that's, and sometimes that's flexibility, you know, core strength, strength training. Mm. Um, and sometimes they're less exhausting you know, so sometimes swapping a bit of cardio for some strength training might help you when you get started mm. on your training again afterwards. For me, after Ramadan, my marathon training essentially starts because I've got marathons in October and uh, in November. Mm. Um, I'll be running Chicago, London and New York. So mm. I've got to work hard and I know I've got a lot of hard work ahead of me. And if that means I can just slow down and take it easy for a little while, be kind to my body then that's good. Sometimes, you know, Ramadan, in the spirit of Ramadan, we're being kind to everybody else and we're giving charity. 
how about being kind to ourselves? Yes, don't um, never forget that. <laughs> yes. Be kind to yourself. I think that's awesome advice. Thank you very much. I'm a big fan of David Goggins. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a, uh, an ultramarathon runner. And he's, uh, he doesn't like to listen to music when he runs, even for these massive uh, long distances. He likes to just have, you know, his, just his thoughts. What about you? Do you like music or do you do it silently? So I always have my earphones with me. Oh, okay. I tend to start running with, with nothing on. Okay. And this is particularly useful when you're doing longer runs. Uh, perhaps on a Sunday, for example, when you're doing a two, three hour run, mm -hmm. um, your mind does become bored and sometimes it's a mental battle and you have to build mental strategies to keep your mind occupied. So I'll start running without hearing anything and I'll try and occupy my mind with thought and reflection or praying even. Yes. When I get bored, then I'll switch my uh, earphones on, and okay. whether it's a podcast or whether it's uh, some Islamic prayers or whether it's music, you know, sometimes you need a bit of rhythm just of to course. give yourself a bit of a boost of and uh, you plug in and, and, and you listen. Fast enough, Ramadan running. During the month of Ramadan, however, you know, it's a month to connect with your faith. Um, so perhaps I'll try and avoid listening to music mm -hmm. and I might listen to the Quran or I might listen to religious podcasts. Yes, yes. Then essentially, your run becomes a form of worship. Perhaps, oh, that's wonderful. And I'll give you a pro tip. There's this great new podcast coming uh, fast enough, Ramadan Running. <laughs> you can listen to that when, on your runs uh, during Ramadan. And that goes to all of our listening audience as well. Haroon, you definitely seem like a guy, or you are a guy who loves to do a lot for others. And you're also the founder of Active Inclusion Network, which is all about encouraging diversity in sport. I wondered if you could talk about that. Obviously, it's something that's important to you. And does that change at all during Ramadan? So my journey running started off with charity, like I mentioned, you know, yes. running for Teenage Cancer Trust, then running for Islamic Relief. And I've carried on doing that for many years since. And it's been very fundamental to everything I've done, uh, you know, trying to champion um, inclusivity in sports through charity and fundraising. And charity giving is such a huge pillar of the Muslim faith. Many people you know, take on these activities purely for the purpose of charity and then realize and understand the physical and social and mental well-beings of exercise and they carry on doing it perhaps for non-charitable purposes. And you know, Ramadan is uh, no different. Many people perhaps will use this month as a time to challenge themselves um, you know, virtually. We've seen many people do that uh, over the pandemic taking on challenges to run mm. X many miles or yes. walk X many uh, kilometers and you know, fundraise for uh, poverty relief or other important mm. uh, causes. Um, Active Inclusion Network, uh, very much started by accident really. I set okay. up an Instagram page called Muslim Hikers in the pandemic, you know, just to share positive vibes and encourage people to get outside more. Boris Johnson said we could get out and exercise every day. Yes. Uh, so it was important that we did get out. Uh, and there's a huge level of underrepresentation in the outdoors. Uh, especially for South Asian communities uh, and you know Muslims not visiting the countryside. Um, so I set up Muslim hikers purely for that sake. And uh, the Instagram page blew up essentially. Wow. And uh, people uh, wanted events. So we started organizing hikes in July last year and now we have monthly events. Typically within 24 to 48 hours, we're getting 120, 150 people wow. from all around the country wanting to come and join our walks. 
Uh, that's simply because there's a lack of opportunity out there. People have a lack of awareness for the outdoors and that's essentially what we're trying to do at Muslim Hikers, Active Inclusion Network. We have projects called Muslim Runners and Muslim Cyclists wow. uh, as well. Um, these are online communities on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. We're really trying to uh, create new norms. It shouldn't be strange to see a Muslim woman in a hijab running a marathon or a Muslim uh, man looking like me, you know, fronting a campaign with Sports Direct, for example. However, these days, it's, it sounds strange. It sounds strange. When I started marathon running, they called me the Muslim marathon man. And when I <laughs> used to climb mountains, I am the Muslim mountain man. <laughs> it's laughable, it is, but it should be the norm. Exactly, exactly. But with doing all these uh, marathons and sporting events, are you aware that you are representing the South Asian community, which you come from the Muslim community, and is getting more Muslims uh, involved in sport, do you think representation, just seeing Muslims doing sport, do you think that will help other Muslims to feel comfortable doing sport? Because you mentioned it shouldn't be strange. Do you feel like that if by you running these marathons, you're gonna attract more Muslims to sport and ultimately, that's what's going to make it become normal. That's exactly it. When I first started running 10 years ago, it was very evident yeah. at races, even when you're running in diverse cities like Birmingham, for example, at the Great Birmingham Run or the London Marathon, that there were very few people you know, looking like me. Mm. It's a lot more better now because over the years, many more people are now taking up distance running and other sports. And the same issue is existing with, with hiking, for example, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I never had role models growing up, uh, but I think through my sort of personal drive, motivation, I managed to get where I wanted to be and achieve uh, many things with God's blessing, alhamdulillah. Mm -hmm. um, but we do have a chance now to inspire future generations. And if we can lead by example, especially you know, in a world of social media, where everyone's now you normally say Instagram, but now you say TikTok, everyone's on TikTok and <laughs> Instagram and everywhere. It's so important to, you know, put out faces, put out people who are doing great things, whether they're footballers or whether they're running or whether they're hiking. And that's essentially what the platforms are at Active Inclusion Network, Muslim runners. You'll see stories of people who are doing races, people reflecting on their journeys to create inspiration, to create guidance and be an example uh, otherwise, you know, this, you know what they say, you know, you can't be what you can't see. And absolutely. it is absolutely combating that and making sure that there are people that they can see and can be. And that's what we want to create a culture of. Well, that's fantastic. And no doubt inspiring many, many Muslims around uh, the country with the good work you do. Something inspirational that you did do last Ramadan, you ran over 260 kilometers during the month of Ramadan. And just for the people listening, you're not a small man, you're <laughs> six foot one. Um, what impact did that have on you, I guess mentally and physically, doing that amount of running during Ramadan? First of all, I didn't prepare for that challenge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was day three of Ramadan, and this was during the pandemic. London Marathon had launched the 2.6 challenge, encouraging people to be yes. active in yes. innovative ways in the absence of the marathon using the numbers two and six. And it was kind of mind-boggling. What can I do with the numbers two and six? And somehow the number 
260 kilometers just came in my head. <laughs> I did a little bit of math. I was already on day three of Ramadan and I'd run a little bit. So, so I thought, actually, if I run 10 kilometers every day for the rest of Ramadan... Just 10 kilometers a that's day? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at the time, it sounded rather crazy. But I thought, actually, you know what? That's achievable if I be realistic with my pace and not try and push myself too hard. Yes. Um, and yeah, it, that was probably one of the toughest things I did. I mean, once I was out there running, it wasn't too hard, but getting out of the door at 7 or 8 p.m., you know, to do a 10K run whilst you can smell the food in the kitchen, <laughs> <laughs> that is tough, honestly. To be honest, I could have ran a lot more, Yes. Uh, but I was only interested in doing the 260 because it was the 2.6 challenge. Yes. Uh, and at the same time, I felt I had a responsibility. I didn't want to do something so crazy that people started following. So I actually did this in 2020 Ramadan, not 2021. But as a result of what I did, it was very evident the following year, everyone was doing it. Every charity, Muslim charity, they were, they were, they were launching challenges in Ramadan. And I did see some behaviors that weren't sensible. Um, and I felt guilty that people were trying to be supermen and superwomen in the month of Ramadan. That's not what Ramadan is about. It is about being sensible. Yes, push yourself if you think it's an opportunity to take on a challenge. Mm -hmm. But God does not want you to punish your body. Uh, but it's great to see that I did set the bar. Many people last year were running much more than 20, 260 kilometers. And I think that was as a result of me showing that anything is possible. Yes, definitely. Uh, you're breaking barriers and that's awesome. We have a lot of listeners who aren't the biggest runners. And you mentioned yourself, this is kind of what, only 10 years in where you've started being a marathon runner. What are some of the good things about running, what it's done for you, what it could do for them potentially? Running at the start can be seen as something boring. Yes. Uh, it can be seen as something painful. People talk about bad knees and people talk about impact pain. Mm. Um, however, you do have to give your body a chance to learn how to run, get used to the idea of impact uh, and just get used to you know, a different type of exercise that perhaps you're not used to, the benefits will come and the benefits are huge and the benefits are great. People often think about running as a, a means of weight loss, but it is so much more. For me, the greatest benefit of running is without doubt uh, mental therapy. That mm -hmm. amount of time I get whilst running just to think and reflect, be my own bubble, be my own zone, that time is so priceless. Sometimes, you know, even if I'm trying to be productive at a laptop and work, sometimes it's not good enough, but go out for a half an hour run or more. And the amount of productivity you get in your brain whilst running is incredible. Um, so, yeah, I love the time that I get on my own. And on a Sunday, usually I run with a friend and he talks a bit too much. <laughs> uh, he knows who he is. And sometimes I'm like, no, please just shut up. Yeah, I've never said that to him. <laughs> but sometimes I just need to be in my own space. So whilst running can be lonely, sometimes it can be the best time you get to yourself. And you know, life can be stressful, you know, because of work, because of family commitments, and sometimes having that time to yourself, it is so therapeutic. So above anything, you know, try running mm -hmm. or walking even. Um, you know, walking is great exercise. And sometimes yes. people think, you know, I, I need to go to the gym or I need to sign up to fitness classes. Get out and walk. It is the best thing ever. 
Yes, yes. I'm on the same page as you when it comes to the mental release and the clarity that comes from uh, running is something it's difficult to describe. And I agree with you about the ideas and inspiration that you can achieve just from going on a run. It is absolutely incredible and highly recommended and great tips that you gave us. You know, Haroon, this has been such a wonderful interview and I am, we're sadly coming to the end of it, but we'd just like to finish with a little bit of fun. So I have a question for you. Who would be your ideal dinner guest for the iftar? The fast is over, um, the feast is right in front of you. Who do you want at that table with you? I'm going to invite Mo Farah for iftar. Wow, <laughs> yes, yes. I've never met him, but I have. He'd go on a run after as well. <laughs> uh, so much inspiration from, uh, from him. What an athlete. Yes. Yeah, uh, I need to dine with him soon. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> he's an, in, an incredible in, uh, inspiration. Four gold medals in the end, didn't he get? Absolutely incredible. I'm still trying to get one, but we'll get there. So um, Mo Farah, if you're watching us today. Yes. Dinner's <laughs> <laughs> on Haroon. Well, thank you so much for your time thank today. You. Fast enough, Ramadan running. Thank you for listening. Make sure you check out the other episodes in this series as we'll be dropping more interviews every week throughout Ramadan. Click subscribe or follow wherever it is you're listening to this show and I'll make sure that when the next show is available, you'll know about it. Also, you can follow Sports Direct on Instagram using the handle at Sports Direct UK and on TikTok with at Sports Direct for more great tips and insights into training during Ramadan. We'll see you next time. Fast enough. Ramadan running.